Hi everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of The Film Angle. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. And yeah, today is a bonus episode. I just thought maybe a little treat for everyone. Like Obviously it's The Film Angle, so we mainly talk about films. Uh, but as you know from our May the 4th episode, we're big Star Wars fans and... We're both big Obi-Wan Kenobi fans. Uh, well, actually, no, we're not both big Obi-Wan Kenobi fans, and that's why I wanted to chat today. The, this is the interesting thing. So I I enjoyed Obi-Wan. Chris, you were less so on it. But I, I thought when we were messaging about it, we had you know some conflicting opinions, and I thought, this. Mm. I know it's not film. It's TV, so we can't... like It's not really a film angle episode. It's a bonus where we're just going to talk about it because I, I think we have some interesting opinions. Um, and yeah, so spoiler review opinions on Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the latest Star Wars adventure, um, six part episode series on Disney plus. I liked it quite a bit. And Chris, that's interesting. Interesting that you said adventure, because I find it by as venture as adventurous as a nine hour flight. <laughs> okay okay interesting i actually watched episode two on a flight uh i was i was desperate Probably to, the best way to see it i was desperate to watch uh it uh, on my holiday to greece uh when it when it started and uh, yeah i watched the second episode of a flight. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where my love of it came from because apparently your emotions are a little bit more heightened uh due to the altitude uh so maybe maybe my love for it stemmed from is that from true? altitude emotion yeah 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 don't watch sad movies on planes um because you're more likely to cry does that work the other way as well like if you watch comedy will you would that be better too oh i don't know i don't know maybe maybe i am um, i sometimes find it like awkward watching some comedies though i remember watching get him to the greek <laughs> on a plane uh and there was like some and i was like sitting next to like a young child and there was like some nude scenes in there and i was like oh no and the child kept looking over i was like i gotta stop this i gotta (laughs) stop this this is this is weird like i didn't know it was coming in the film uh this is a long time ago now but yeah anyway we're not here to talk about getting to the greek here chat about obi-wan hugh mcgregor's back baby hayden christensen is back the prequels are back baby sort of sort of everything but yeah no i mean i think we kind of as much as we we dislike a lot of elements from the prequels and understand why they aren't the most liked films and stuff like that we have a big nostalgic kind of love for them and and, and yeah i just yeah. kind of i, I it feels like a it feels like a warm hot chocolate every time i chuck the prequels on there's it just takes me back to my my childhood and something about the tone and atmosphere and and yeah, I was I was really excited for Obi Wan seeing you McGregor back, um, you know, getting getting to explore that time in between Episode Three yeah. and, and A New Hope. I don't always like going back in time, but um, I, I don't know, just, just seeing him again just made me made me really happy. Yeah, and he eases back into the characters if he never stepped out of the role too. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he gets he gets the voice down. I was a little bit worried on one of the trailers. I was like, mm, that sounds like an impression of Obi Wan. But uh, uh, yeah, no, actually in the show, I, I he he was absolutely perfect. And it, kind of... isn't he somewhat related to Alec Guinness? Uh, no, he's related to what's the bloody pilot in a oh, new hope? Yeah, yeah. So he's related to the actor who played Wedge and Tilly's. Yes, in in, uh, in Star Wars: A New Hope. Actually, I, I think he played Wedge in in all in all three films, didn't he? In uh, yeah, four, five, yeah, that's right. So yeah, there, there's a little something there. But yeah, just oh, I don't know, just seeing him back, and you know, I know Tatooine. We've seen a lot of Tatooine with 
Book of Boba Fett and stuff like that. So not so fussed <laughs> about Tatooine being back. Feels like it's everywhere at the moment. But uh, um, sound tonight at the minute. Yeah, yeah just too much I, sound. <laughs> oh man, I was I was I'm, I was really up for kind of like a sad Obi Wan show because obviously it very much deals with the fact that he is, you know, grieving for his brother essentially who he had to kill. Yeah, and um, and kind of the, the the consequences of that and his new his new we path in life which is looking after luke and just literally just trying to hide so much so that he kind of disregards another jedi who comes to him for help and and and, and that guy ends up being hung and um yeah it's yeah we sort of get that from him we get the sort of melancholy maybe towards the end of the series but like i i felt like wouldn't it be really cool if we got an obi-wan story that was kind of like a diary of a country priest or like a first reformed version of Obi-Wan that was just like complete diner. Uh, maybe yeah. like a bit more solitary and a bit, um, I, I would think that'd be an interesting project. Obviously Disney is never going to do something like that. No. So those dreams are gone. But I think no, Deborah Chow did say who directed all six episodes, she did say that the original script was a lot more down, much more of a downer. And when they, uh, COVID kind of made them, go on a break and they they rewrote the script a lot to make it a bit more hopeful um yeah and that's where they added in a lot of the darth vader elements as well because you, you see a lot of darth vader here which is which is good we do we do I'm, I'm gonna take it a little bit from the beginning though um we begin the show with like an episode like recap would you say of the prequel trilogy which yeah. i don't even i don't even know the series has a i know it has a very like cinematic feel to it um visually but it's as if like they really want to drill into you like the events that happen and the prequels have just happened and we're on are on board for like a brand new season no i, I thought it was quite fun wasn't it i, I, mean, like, I love the recap of the prequels i was like you yeah. you don't think i've seen these 50 times okay <laughs> I, know, I know and it's actually what i think it's one of the highlights of the entire series for me oh, and also Chris. I know it's I mean like yeah it's all down here from here baby downhill from here but also we are also talking about this the other day Alex when you compress all the highlights of the prequels regardless of how you feel about them you can't help but be dazzled and taken back to your childhood childhood when you're watching this it's like like it's just like a hyper candy version of what you loved about those three movies put into like a two minute sort of sure I thought that was great fun to watch i'm actually i might go back and watch it again actually <laughs> um like but yeah we've had what's well, been 17 years now to really sit on this prequel trilogy that yeah. has always had its haters and its die die hard supporters we've addressed that we both have a soft spot for these movies like you said earlier mm-hmm. and yeah during this whole sequence i felt that they were like sort of resetting the tone for the series to come and although i felt that episode one of obi-wan was ultimately one of the series strongest episodes i agree my hopes did begin to dwindle okay fair enough fair enough i i it's also worth mentioning as well like this in terms of live action this is the first kind of piece of star wars since the prequels that is directly linked to them like obviously you get the little nugget here and there um Mm -hmm. in some of the in some of the recent disney star wars stuff but nothing like actively says like like we are doing the prequels, and I, I what I loved most about this film was like it felt like it was the sequel to the prequels, and if we didn't have the original films, this is the sequel that would get made. It had it had that kind of like there was a there was a slightly cheesy vibe to some of it, 
uh, dodgy CGI in places, annoying kids. <laughs> I was taken straight back to the prequels with it, and uh, I don't know. I don't think it had that goofy spirit at all. I thought it took itself very seriously. Oh, come on. She, he hides Leia under a trench coat at one point to walk out of an <laughs> Inquisitor base. It's, it's cheesy in places. I don't think that was intentionally cheesy, though. I, then again, I don't. I, I think, don't know if the Lucas films were as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So was it now? So the show is ten years after Order sixty six. Is that yep. right? Yep. So most of the Jedi are like killed now, and former Jedi master, like you said, Obi Wan's hiding in Tatooine under the name of under the name of Ben. But like, here's the whole thing with Star Wars and its terrible continuity with logic he still keeps his last name isn't that right he keeps the name kenobi mm, yeah i don't know if they, wars... if they say that in in the show at Ex- all but obviously it, in a new yeah, hope they it, do yeah and the, they don't say it in the show because they just want to dance around alex <laughs> in the original star wars movie like he said an elderly obi-wan is 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 the he's taking on on the alias of ben kenobi so if he's hiding he could probably have chosen a little bit of a better name than just his actual name <laughs> but yeah. hey, it's Star Wars, and every plot hole is the product of retroactive plotting and screenwriting. So I'll well, exactly. not dwell on details. This is why, obviously, there's a little bit of uproar about how it kind of changes some things or creates further plot holes. I don't care. Like Star Wars has created so many plot holes for itself, even within the original trilogy. Uh, mm. You know, like plot holes happen, and and it's just kind of like you've got to head cannon it out. Like you've got to figure it out in your head some way. That it all works. I th- I think this enhanced a lot of things in A New Hope, um, and I, I I don't know. I just I loved it, man. I loved it. I really enjoyed a lot. Like I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here saying like it was perfect because it definitely wasn't. Yeah. I think when I when I first heard about the Obi Wan show, I was very excited. I thought there's no way they can do any wrong with this show, and I and I think like it's maybe not lived up to the expectations I I set for it. I think maybe just under that but i i think there's a warmth to just seeing some of these characters again and and, and going through that it just for me I, I would have preferred it as a film which is how it was originally envisioned um it yeah. was actually envisioned as a trilogy of films um at one oh, point really? okay. and I, I just think like it was definitely more cinematic than the mandalorian um and and i think the story lent because it was just like one big story rather than smaller chunks even though there are definitely some episodes which which somewhat self-contained but it's still it all kind of adds to this overarching storyline um it was it was originally planned to be um a movie just sort of like him looking over luke and uh and then they get into some trouble with the tuscan raiders and it was going to be a bit more like a mandalorian feel but then obviously the mandalorian came along and also with the um with how bad solo did in the box office i think dave it was like john favreau and dave filoni they both decided like nah we we can't you can't do this it's it's just gonna be too big of a risk and uh which is such a shame it's it's a shame that because i i think Lucasfilm have taken home the wrong reasons as to why Solo failed, and and I think everything post Solo has had a tinge yeah. of like we're scared to do anything as unique as the Last Jedi, um, and I I think that probably plays into some of the stuff here as well. There's definitely you know you've got to hit some of the moments to make fans clap. You've got to have some cameos. 
And and like that's not what Star Wars is about to me. Star Wars isn't a Marvel film. Like I go to Marvel for that kind of stuff. Star Wars isn't that for me. It's very much about the stories. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of people weren't on board with the show until like episode five when Darth Vader was epic, man. Darth Vader was epic. And we got to see a clone uh, and attack the clones flashback where we get to see young Anakin again. And it was like, everybody all of a sudden was like, the show's amazing. It was like, it's just because you've seen things that you like. Yeah. Like how we like, I wonder what in 10 years, like, will there be any original content that we'd want to clap back to? Because everything that we're watching now is just clapping because we've seen it in the past. I just, I don't know that, that, that kind of stuff makes me upset. Um, uh, I think yeah. we were talking about it. The, the kind of, there was like a viral tweet about everybody going mad when you hear glup shittos in the new Star Wars film. <laughs> and it, it definitely feels like the glup shitto moments of like, why, why does everybody love a glup shitto? Like just enjoy the film. Yeah. Or I think, I think everybody forgets what made certainly the original two Star Wars movies, uh, um, A New Hope and, and Empire Strikes Back, so good is because it was an exercise and like, right, this is how, how you can make a movie that's so big and massive, actually very streamlined and focused and focused on the characters and the story. And yeah, all you got to know is there's the good guy, there's the bad guy, here are our characters, here are our heroes and good writing in between and that's all that's all you need and all the fluff and pomp is secondary um i mean i think that's probably why return of the jedi isn't as strong as its former two because it has a lot more of the stuff that is then present in the sort of certainly more recent star wars um is you know wrong with it and i think people just forget what made those originals so those original films so good because they were original at the time yeah 100 percent. i think i was hoping for a more character-based study of obi-wan um and yeah and i i maybe could have done without some of the you know like the new stuff where it's just like i you're only going to know this character for half an hour it it doesn't matter kind of thing and and obviously Mm. you need other characters in a show and stuff like that but i think there was maybe a little bit too much emphasis put on people um and yeah. I think it meant that like characters like <clears throat> Moses Ingram's Inquisitor third sister character didn't get the time to shine uh, that she could have say, you know, cause her story is quite interesting. Like, you know, a, a youngling working her, her way through the ranks of the empire to get revenge on Darth Vader. That's a, that's a good star Wars film or TV show in its own right, but it feels like it was kind of lumped into the Obi-Wan show and, yeah, and and obviously she's given more emphasis than most other secondary characters in the show, uh, which obviously led to a lot of a lot of hate because people just want to see Obi Wan. I, <laughs> I I thought she was I thought she was good in it. I think some of the writing at the start, and I think this for all the Inquisitors, very cartoonish, very uh, yeah, very yeah, kind very of like just like we're, we're angry show. and evil and then stuff like and that doesn't work for me like. I'm not sure the like as somebody who does like dabble in some of the extended animated stuff like the Inquisitors was were always a bit like oh okay that's a bit weird that we've that this this is they're, part of Star Wars. They're basically just like a bunch of angry emu kids that work for the Empire. <laughs> yeah, it's just like how do we how do we add more red lightsabers in without breaking canon that that the two main Sith are you know Darth Sidious and Darth yeah. Vader. Um, I don't know. It didn't always work for me, but I mean, seeing them live action, I don't know. They feel slightly wasted here. Um, but like I said, right? Can I 
can I touch on the Moses Ingram stuff a little bit? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I was, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. I was disgusted with the initial fan reaction towards uh, Moses Ingram. He, he, we said like plays Riva in the show. She, she received and she received copious death threats and racist comments on on her Twitter page. And oh, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just so sad to see people get so violently angry over a TV show. Yeah. And and Ian McGregor said it, you know, said it himself. Anyone who solicits or partakes in that type of behavior is just no true Star Wars fan. Definitely, and I, I, it's complete. It completely goes against everything that you you apparently love about the the series. So naturally, I I, I went into episode one of the show, and I, I was really looking for the best in Riva as a character. And I and I hate to say it, but for the before the duration of the entire show actually it just didn't really work for me and that's for multiple reasons reasons really like she really goes for the majority the majority of the characters in the show actually and the first you know reason in characterization is the characterization in the writing i feel that um there's no indication that there is ever an arc for her as a character so we as like a result end up seeing her as one-dimensional and you said like that she does end up having an interesting story, Alex. But like, y- you get that you get that at the end of the show, and we're never yeah. teased to like be built up to that reveal. So it's it's hard to latch on to her, and then suddenly latch on to her at the end. You know, you've had yeah. you've had a few hours with her already, and uh, it's it's a little bit too too little too late. And I know that the prequels were abundant in one dimensional characters uh, before you say anything, but that was. That was at least balanced out by the goofiness of those movies. And um, the tone here just really demands fully fleshed out characters that I, I feel, and I'm not sure that we get them. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think for the most part, Reva's character is let down by some writing. And then I think uh, some, like, there's a lot of uh, coincidences pro- near the end where it's just like, oh, okay, we're here. She's healed from this. Okay. Um, yeah. And it also didn't help in the final episode that, you know, her storyline has no tension because we know Luke's okay. And yeah. second of all, it's cut between Obi-Wan facing Darth Vader again in, in you know, their, their big showdown, which has been very much kind of the, the tease of the whole show and the marketing is like, they're going to face each other again. Um, and obviously it's a pretty epic <laughs> showdown. It's, it's quite emotional in places, you, you know, like in... Yeah you really dive deep into the, into the emotional connection that, that Obi-Wan has with Anakin and stuff like that is quite sad. Um, so then to like cut in between Reva chasing down Luke when, you know, at the end of the day, like she's not going to kill him, is she? Um, no, we know. Cause we know, we know that happens. I mean, maybe if you show your kids, if you're like one of those people who show things in chronological order and you've waited for Kenobi to come out and you show your kids, maybe that might have some tension for them if they haven't yeah. seen the older movies. But I, I, yeah, but most people aren't going to get, you know, much uh, stakes out of that, I don't feel. Um, what did you think of young Princess Leia? I, I liked young Princess Leia. I, I thought yeah. I thought the the girl who, who played it embodied that cocky uh, kind of arrogance and just kind of hilariously. But do you not feel like that's silly? Like they wanted to really remind us that this is the Leia we've always known. It's like it's just jarring and awkward seeing Leia, who is so young and tiny here, engaging in conversations beyond her years, and just comes across as sort of precocious. You can tell that the actress just doesn't understand the full context of the lines that she's delivering. She's really uh, cute, though. 
I she does give her a role. I, 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 I didn't, I never didn't feel like she wasn't Leia and she was just saying a line. I don't know. The, for me, that embodied the character for me and, and kind of, yeah, she's very young. And yes, like I mean, it's, were you it's a little bit much at times. But, pardon? When you were 10 years old, were you the same person that you are now? No, no, but I, this is Star Wars, you know? Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, this is Star Wars, and and I think you've got to have some trace of the character there. Like, even when we meet young Anakin in episode one, he's, you know, he's still got a bit of, like, bitterness and anger in him towards, you know, being a slave and stuff like that. Okay. There's, you know, there's, there's elements okay. of his future <laughs> self there. I'll take that on the chin. Maybe just for me, it was performed. I am... I, I am somebody who really does hone in on performance when I watch anything. So I, if I even get sort of taken out, it does really take me out a lot. Yeah. I so mean, I will. Perhaps I'm harsh. But... Yeah, I mean, I will agree. Like her chase scene sucks. Like, <laughs> like not that, her fault. No. And I think the whole show, um, I think they relied on the volume a little bit too much. That might have been for COVID reasons. But I feel like with, yeah. you know, the big LED screen technology that they've created to kind of uh fight against the kind of shoddiness that sometimes is a green screen um i feel like we really pushed the limits here um to the point where like every set felt like a volume sized room and they didn't yeah, work very like well in terms set. of it was very much like here's a character and then there's a foreground and there wasn't much midground and i feel yeah. like the mandalorian did that better where they definitely had some built set elements in the volume but then i think lot- it helps when you have a desert when you're stuck in a desert setting whenever you're in like like a very cold clinical imperial hangar it's very it's a lot harder to keep that illusion up it ends up looking a bit more like a disney world ride yeah yeah and also like they seem to rely on it a lot when they're outside so like because that chase scene when you see them run like they're not running full pelt it's because it's because you know there's like there's a limit to how far they can run because the volume's not huge and why don't they just put them on like i don't know they just put them on a treadmill or something, and then like, why don't they just fi- why don't they just film it in a forest? Like it's Lucasfilm and yeah. Disney, man. Like they got the money, yeah. just like go to a forest, <laughs> light it well enough to make it fit an Alderaan, which is cool to see that place again. By the way, I don't know. Have you seen what they've done to Disney World and Disneyland? Like how like they've tripled prices and made it basically that you, only the elite can go to these things. Oh it's yeah, like they're, the, they're, the, they're the, really the StarCraft one is, is weird. I saw today as well, they have a $5,000 drink on the on the Disney StarCraft uh, Star Cruiser Hotel, which just seems ridiculous. But that that that's failing, but it, mainly because nobody can afford to go. Like I I mean, it looks cool, but I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably never be able to go, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the thing, like, Disney are clever, though, because people are so upset. Like, some people, like, there are people out there who absolutely just dedicate their lives to the to the Disney brand. I mean, and they'll, like, they'll literally, those people are crazy. They, they'll make themselves bankrupt if they if it means that they can, like, partake in something like that. And uh, Disney Disney know that, you know, if you yeah. if they, they know that at the end of the day, they, they want their product. Definitely, definitely. But, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the? Well, let's go back to Star Wars a second. What, what do you think of the the fights? That's what everyone was there I, for. Uh, Hayden Christensen looked I, good when they yeah, smashed I mean, open his helmet. You know, it's fine. I mean, like I think they're like that that last fight sequence is is well done. 
But I feel like everything else was just so like off kilter and annoying me that like I wasn't there for the fight. You know, when it finally came, I was more just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I and I think that's more everything that came before it. If I had been watching something that was ultimately a satisfying and emotional package for me, I think that last fight would have worked a lot better. There's nothing wrong in the way it's with its how it's choreographed or how it's shot or anything. It's just everything that preceded it, uh, you know before just didn't uh, add up for me so that's part of the reason why I felt a little bit numb yeah fair enough I think for me it worked more on an emotional level I really I like in terms of Obi-Wan's psyche and Ewan McGregor just working it especially with his eyes um the yeah. kind of emotional moments for him really hit me hard um and I just I don't know I, all the stuff with him and and Vader and and the flashbacks with Anakin, not, not that like, it was just like, cause I got to see Anakin again, but it was more like, just like really honing down on the fact that, that this guy, number one had to kill his, you know, yeah. his, his brother in arms. Um, or so he thought, and then come to terms with the fact that having not really gone <clears throat> full in on the deed, he, he's created a monster and, yeah. and, and having to deal with that and, kind of like how Darth Vader must feel as Anakin like you know having to, to 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 go through that as well I don't know they just really worked on the emotional stuff and when you saw Vader's helmet crack and you got to have the whole like I'm not sure failure Obi-Wan I killed Anakin blah 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 like that stuff worked yeah. for me that really like on an emotional level worked for me and I think that's why I kind of and that left... felt very like it would it come from a prequel I felt like those sort of lines felt like they could have came straight out of Revenge of the Sith don't well they? some of them did I think so <laughs> well like they they sort of like invert them yeah yeah, yeah I know what you mean. yeah so like I left on a like that left me emotionally happy obviously we were all waiting for the hello there and we got that near the end so that was great Qui-Gon <laughs> bit's a bit weird because he's just like a sassy ghost to him which is <laughs> but, um, but a sassy northern Irish ghost <laughs> but uh yeah I mean I I was emotionally satisfied yeah no absolutely I, I feel bad because I mean like I feel like I that fight should have meant something to me because I remember like when you watch Revenge of the Sith and I watched it like last year again and some of them like most of the movie like it's a bit uh here hit miss and then when suddenly when Order 66 kicks in and the big fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan and Mustafar happens and it's like it actually catches you off guard and really yeah you know it's like a, it's like a bit of a stomach punch and it's like it doesn't necessarily even earn it in no. the movie and you're like you're like why am i feeling this i, I didn't feel like, like a... this the rest of the movie and I'm, I'm interested that it works there and it doesn't work here because that's exactly the same scenario maybe so it's, maybe it's funny it's, it maybe it's you know john williams didn't write the full score for this i think the music yeah. helps a lot i think the ending of revenge of the sith is just like full-on opera mode and and i think that heightens yeah. the emotions so maybe here like they're not going full opera which i think would have been a good idea but there you go yeah, like I was wondering why they didn't use the uh, John Williams score from the previous um, films in the saga. It's like we get an original score for the show, and it's I think it missed the mark. It's very typical fare, and instead of doing what the Williams scores do and like propel action scenes and and character moments, mm. it's just like kind of treated like filler here. It's like more just like 
because the scene needs music and has music. Yeah, it's that, it's that almost like, as if, like it makes sense that the Mandalorian and and Boba Fett would have their own music because they're not directly yeah. linked to the episodes or the. And has that more that so Western feel to yeah. it? Yeah, and the music is great. Like, there's no doubt. Yes. Like, the Mandalorian music is so good. Um, Very but like it feels like Obi Wan yeah. is so directly linked to the to the Skywalker saga that it should just continue with those motifs yeah. or motifs. But um, yeah, there you go. And maybe you the go. movie, like I said, we've been sounded out by Tatooine, but I also felt like the first thing that hit me about watching the show, and this is again going back to the first episode, was actually how grey and desaturated everything looked on uh, Tatooine, or just in the whole show and in. in, in total and i get it's supposed to be a bit more somber but it turned it from looking very cinematic in quality into a more generic looking piece of television yeah maybe i felt sometimes i think maybe maybe that's partly the volume maybe that's partly just how it looks on tv not seeing it on a on a big screen which i would have loved to have seen on i'd love to have seen this on a big screen um yeah obviously we gotta wrap it up pretty soon you and i chris we both gotta head off but I just wanted to leave with one question. I was listening to the Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. And Mark Bernardin posed a very interesting question where he said, like, obviously there's no tension in this because we know where all these characters end up at the at the end of the day. Um, yeah. What if they were to, like, completely just catch us off guard and the same way they did with Star Trek and the Kelvin universe, is it? Where the new Star Trek films are just, like, their own thing. What yeah. if this show ended with like Luke just being killed and Obi Wan has to go look after Leia and we just we just almost start again or just like get the what if Star Wars <laughs> universe in TV show form? Would that be something you're interested in? Absolutely. Actually, Star Trek are doing another thing like that at the minute with their new TV show. Have you seen that? I've heard good things. That's the <laughs> it's at the world Star Trek new new world or something. Yeah, I mean, like, sorry for two second sidestep tangent here, but whenever I've, I've obviously we've discussed previously, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. The very, very ever first episode of Star Trek, it was is a one hour pilot, which was never Captain Kirk, it was Captain Pike, Kirk. and um, it was a different actor. And um, the show had a pilot, it had its run, and then I don't know what happened. He either got really ill or he died or something like that. Okay. And um, they ended up having to recast uh, like the whole show and they put William Shatner in and then it became Captain Kirk instead of Captain Pike. But this, this new show is like, what if the Captain Pike show carried on? Oh, okay. Okay. That is interesting. Which is quite interesting. So yeah, like something like that in the Star Wars universe, I'd be really up for yeah, I I think that would be interesting. It would, I mean, it would be a way of kind of, you know, everyone would hit it. Fa- oh yeah, 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 definitely. Like, but there'd be a way of like keeping the fans who just want fan service in because you'd be able to bring back characters from the original trilogy, yeah. and you know, script recast them, do all that, play out some stuff in in like weird ways. How you know, in with our modern brains and how we like things, how much more epic can certain things be, etc. Um, yeah. and, and just have it as like a little weird kind of like, obviously this isn't full-blown canon, it's just a bit of a what-if, but I think that'd be interesting. And you know, But are we a little bit multiversed out if we're going in that territory? It's we... true, it's true. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe we just move away from the Skywalker saga entirely. I personally would just like to go forward. Um, TV or films, like I'd love to see Ray and Finn and Poe back again. I'd, I'd like explore that further. 
um, Same. give the reins to Ryan Johnson. I know everybody doesn't oh, want that, please. but I, I would be well up for that. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like we're stuck in this kind of in-between of like, oh, it's got to look like the original films and it's, it's got to be this way. I, think, I feel like George Lucas would always want to push it forward if he was still... You know, I know obviously he went yeah. back to the prequels, but in terms of like style and aesthetic, he he completely changed what Star Wars was for a generation. Like the the prequels are so different to the original films. Um, yeah, and obviously I I just I'd like something a bit like that, something completely different. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Well, agree with Alex or agree with me? Um, yeah. Did you love? How did you guys feel? Did you love Obi Wan or, or did you hate it or were you kind of middle ground on it? Uh, I'll do one of those Spotify polls. So check your check your Spotify under the episode uh, and 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 kind of answer us in the poll there. Always interesting to see um, which way the kind of general consensus goes. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, uh, good speaking to you, Chris. I know it's not a film. Um, I'm not you know I'm not saying we'll do this with every Star Wars episode, but every now and then if we've if we've got something we want to say, maybe we'll chuck out a bonus. I know you were itching to get it off your chest. I just wanted to talk to you about Obi Wan, man. You know I love Chance Stelmos. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what the main like reason I really caught up with with the show was because I, I, I knew you, you, you needed to get it off your chest, and obviously we're, we were, we both used to always talk about the prequels, and yeah, it would just be a disservice to our relationship if we didn't do it. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, obviously, keep listening to the main episodes. We've got another one coming out on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, listen to us then. Thanks for listening to the bonus episode on Obi-Wan. Great talking to you again, Chris. You too, Alex. Have a good night. Good night, guys.